before the goodness starts flowing, I want to welcome you to the STR Sisterhood, real life stories from real life women in the short-term rental industry. I'm your host, Stacey St. John, ex-corporate girl who discovered how to replace her six-figure salary through short-term rentals and who now has the pleasure of helping others do the same. On this show, we talk to real women in the short-term rental space about their journeys and how they've managed to turn their STR dreams into reality. If you're an ambitious woman who's looking to build a successful short-term rental business, you are in the right place, sister. Welcome to episode two of the STR Sisterhood. This is Stacey St. John, and I am delighted that we get to spend some time together today. In this episode, I sit down with Chris Cash, who made the jump from real estate agent to real estate investor when the pandemic hit. Fast forward to today, not only is she enjoying being a host herself, she is paying it forward and teaching other local real estate agents about the art and science of short-term rentals and how they can be better agents to their investor clients. Let's go ahead and dive into my interview with Chris. All right, let's dive in. We are here today with Chris Cash. Chris, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Yay. So I have so many questions to ask you, but before we dive in, tell us a little bit about who you are and where your short-term rental business is located. Uh, My name is Chris Cash. I am a realtor and interior designer for Keller Williams Infinity in Naperville, Illinois, but my short-term rental is in South Haven, Michigan, which is about two and a half hours from where I live. Okay. I love that. So I've heard of South Haven. I've never traveled there. I'm curious, what made you choose that market specifically? Well, I, first of all, I know a huge amount of Illinois and Indiana people that travel to South Haven every year. It's kind of one of those historical Uh, vacation spots where people have been going since, you know, really the early 1900s um, for, you know, making it a family memory year after year after year. So it was already an established vacation market and that it was pretty close to me that I knew that if I had to shoot over there for some reason or just for us to go and enjoy it ourselves, it was easy to get to. That's the best part or one of the best parts, I think, of having properties in vacation markets is that we can pop in and check on our properties for an overnight stay or a week-long stay uh, to do maintenance. And uh, so that's really, really fun to be able to enjoy the fruits of your labor. I'm going next week with my girlfriend's first girlfriend's trip there. So we're excited. Amazing. And so I want to back up even further. So we talked about how you selected your market. I'm curious how you decided to get into short-term rentals to begin with. I know you're a realtor. Did the thought cross your mind 
from your real estate transactions or was it completely separate? Pretty separate. I've been a realtor now for five years. So I'm also not a long-term realtor. I was an interior designer for 20 years prior and I still incorporate that into my business. But I hate to even bring up, but when the day the world shut down on March 13th of COVID, I panicked. I thought, oh my gosh, nobody's going to be buying homes. Nobody's going to be listing their homes. How long is this going to last? And I, I went into panic mode. So I'm not one that can just sit and do nothing. So I decided, okay, I'm going to start today to start learning as much as I can about real estate investing. Short-term rental was not on the radar. It was just investing as a whole. And I started taking lots of other people's courses. Your um, short-term rental society was one of the first groups that I joined and how I got introduced to short-term rental. So it's thanks to you, Stacey, <laughs> that I was like, oh, what's this whole world of short-term rental? Um, and of course I knew people were doing it. I just didn't, I don't think knew the magnitude of it. And I didn't know about analyzing properties. Everyone thinks if you're a realtor, you automatically know these things and you don't. I think that is so incredibly important to point out because I am a licensed realtor in the state of Ohio. And I always share with people, you know, in conversations and teach my students that when we are purchasing properties, we need to have investor brain. <laughs> we need to have data in front of us and drive our decision making through data analysis. And they don't teach you that type of thing when you are getting your real estate license. In fact, they don't teach you about real estate investing at all when you are getting your real estate license. <laughs> right. So that is kind of involved into this other journey beyond learning, purchasing the short-term rental. I had all these area agents who saw what I was doing and suddenly my email, my messaging is getting blown up with, girl, how are you doing this? What are you doing? So now the local Keller Williams offices have asked me to do classes for the agents. Because I was shocked to learn that I think it's less than 5% of the real estate agents across the country actually invest in real estate themselves, which I find very sad. Isn't it though? Yes. I, you know, I think that real estate is one of the most powerful wealth building strategies out there. And it is a bit mind boggling to think about all of these realtors floating around the country, helping other people build their wealth, but not focusing on that as a strategy for themselves. So I love that you've crossed over to the other side and begun investing. That's amazing. Yeah. And um, my last class I taught at our Keller Williams office it was the first time the room had been packed since before COVID. Wow. So they showed up in a big way. And, um, you know, now it's like I'm 
doing one-on-one Zooms and, and, you know, and I tell them I'm no expert. So if I'm no expert, you can do it. And there's things I don't know. And we learn them together. And, but you can't just, like I fell into during that two years of really heavy COVID in here, I fell into that analysis paralysis. Mm-hmm. I was analyzing markets like crazy and eventually you just have to pull the trigger. Yeah. I think that's a really important thing to point out because data analysis is absolutely critical, but that analysis paralysis is a real thing, first of all. And secondly, it's really important to have the proper information to make a purchasing decision But name me one successful CEO that has paralysis in decision-making. You probably can't find one. To be a leader of your business, we need to analyze a situation, but then we also need to make swift decisions to drive our businesses forward. So I love the fact that you were even aware first and foremost, that you were in that analysis paralysis mode and you got yourself out of it. Right. And I think any investment, any business startup is a risk. You know, you're allowed to be scared. I was, my husband was really scared. I'm the risk taker. He's not. (laughs) And so you're allowed to be scared, but don't let it paralyze you. Uh, not moving forward and you've got to take a risk. And even once we buy the properties, right, it's still a risk. Absolutely. Rules and regs can change, you know, economy changes. There's always a risk, but it would be that way if you had a bricks and mortar store as well. Yeah. I I also want to go back to you mentioning that you are teaching classes to other realtors because I think So often it is really easy for people to say to themselves, oh, I don't know that, or I don't know how to do that. Mm -hmm. And I just want to applaud you for, you know, finding a path forward, not only for yourself, but driving the local community of realtors to important education that can help them in their path. You're paying it forward and recognizing, hey, you still have stuff to learn. I still have stuff to learn. We all still have stuff to learn. Every day. But at the at the end of every day, I think it's so incredibly rewarding to help other people and be a conduit of information. You know, uh so I just I I'm curious about what was it that made you decide when you got that phone call from other realtors saying, hey, girl, what are you doing? What made you decide, hey, I'm going to go ahead and teach this to other agents? Well, first of all, I, you know, even just being in that mindset of being a host for our short-term rentals, I love that part of it. I love helping others. I love um, seeing people create their own memories and journeys and But, you know, the reality is there's a lot of realtors out there that struggle. They don't do, you know, everyone thinks, oh, we all do, you know, over six figures or seven figures. And it's not that way. We have a lot of 
dual career agents that don't do real estate full-time and are looking for another avenue that they can make money, but not sure how to do it. There's a lot of single moms that are, you know, just don't have, but this could be another revenue stream for them. And I'm all about creating different revenue streams. I love that. And I just always think that if you come from a place of contribution, it comes back to you. You know, I believe in karma, you know, and, and I'm not a competitive person, which is also, I think most people think that realtors are highly competitive. I'm not, yeah. you know, I just feel like, you know, if you come from giving, you will get back in return. I love that. And I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. All right. I want to switch gears a little bit and I want to ask you about interior design. So correct me if I'm wrong, before you were a realtor, you were an interior designer. Did I hear you correctly? Correct. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you about designing your short-term rental because that design element is something that can make a huge impact on the success of your property. Talk to us a little bit about your overall approach when it came to designing your property and if you found it more difficult because it was your very own property that you were designing. Oh, it always is. Even my own house I live in is harder than me doing it for a client. But it was different in that you know, when I design for a client, we're usually buying everything new and, you know, things are a lot more expensive where where you're doing short-term rental, I'm trying to do everything on a budget. And so just like everybody else, I'm on Facebook marketplace, you know, I'm seeking out bargains at different uh, online stores. But one thing I found beneficial and anybody can do this I am connected with a staging company here in Chicago that they stage um, high-end properties for us agents. I do staging, but I don't stock furniture. So okay. I'll do staging if an agent asks me to come in and stage their listing using the client's own things and just making them look pretty. But I don't stock um, furniture, but this company does stock furniture and I contacted them and said, hey, you know, I've purchased a vacation rental and I'm in need of furniture. Do you guys have things that are from last year or the year before that you're not going to use anymore? And they're like, holy cow, yes, we have a whole warehouse full of stuff. And so I went there and sure enough, I mean, I bought a lot of the big pieces from a staging company and they charged me a fraction of the price. And these were quality things because when they buy staging furniture initially, it's not used. It's brand new from brand name manufacturers. So I think like my one sofa, I think is a, um, oh, I can't remember, but it's a high-end brand. And they sold that to me for 400 bucks. So, and I got artwork because they have big, they have big pieces of artwork because they use that for staging. So I got big pieces of artwork for 50 bucks and rented a U-Haul, <laughs> went over there, me and my husband picked up everything and drove it over to Michigan ourselves. 
Okay, so let's just pause here because I am so excited that you've just dropped that nugget. <laughs> I am in the midst right now of shopping for my newest property, which is a farmhouse. And as you well know, um, staging and furnishing an entire house can be very pricey, right? So I am trying to balance that quality with budget and I've never thought about reaching out to a stager to see if they would want to sell their furniture. That is brilliant. And some of the things, you know, they were like, oh, well, this has a stain on it, you know, so we're not going to use it again. And I just worked out the, got it. And if I liked the way it looked, I worked out the stain and used it, you know, as long as it looks like it's doable. Exactly. And they have area rugs. They have everything when it's a big staging company. So there's bound to be one in every market that does these big staging. That is a mic drop moment. Okay. <laughs> I am excited. I am going to get on the phone and call my local staging companies. That's amazing. Great idea. Great idea. So when you launched your property. I remember distinctly you being on a short-term rental society meeting. And I remember you were a bit stressed at the moment, probably because you had multiple things going on. Yes. I want you to think back to that moment. And I don't know if you remember the meeting that I'm referring to. I was to. on several, so I don't remember which one, but and I was probably stressed on most. <laughs> But I want to ask you, when you were setting up your property, what you found to be the most stressful and how you navigated that? Ah, uh, well, you know, when you're ordering things online, things arriving at the property at various times, you know, so I was like, oh my gosh, this, these boxes are coming from Amazon and this box is coming from Wayfair and this, and they're all coming on different days. And I can't be there that whole entire time. So very quickly, when I first got the property, I made sure to make really good friends with my neighbor and my cleaner that I, you know, now have as my permanent cleaner so that I could call one of them and say, Hey, this big box is arriving today. Do you mind bringing it in the house? Or I have a barn on the premises, just sliding it into my barn. And thank God my neighbor, Mark, did most of that. God bless him. Um, also, assembling furniture. You know, I, I as a designer, I'm not used to doing that. I usually had staff that did that. My husband is not a handy guy. He's a salesman. I usually don't let him have tools, but he became real friendly with an Allen wrench and, you know, came up to the property and stayed with me. I was there for probably, I mean, I was there back and forth many, many times, but at one stretch, I stayed there 10 days by myself. And he came maybe three of those days to assemble. And that's all he did. So, that, that was hard, hard, you know, we were both learning, you know, there was a lot of cussing and swearing in the background. I just let him be, you, I couldn't, I just knew to save our marriage, I could not hover. So I would just leave him alone to figure it out. That's amazing. And I, I love that 
you have a husband like that because mine is like that as well. He's not a handy guy and I don't fault him for that. We all have our own strengths and weaknesses, but there have been situations. I specifically remember he was trying to repair a toilet paper holder in one of our properties that we were staying at. And I have never heard so many cuss words out of that man mm-hmm. in one hour. <laughs> yeah. I think that if I think the Anirandak chairs, I think we're almost set him over the edge. <laughs> I have I have uh 10 or 12 Anirandak chairs on my property. So he put all those together. Wow. God bless him. He he deserves a a nice meal out just for that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So I want to move really quickly into what I call the lightning round. So what I want you to do, Chris, I'm going to ask you questions and I want you to blurt out the first thing that comes to mind and I promise they won't be hard. Okay. First and foremost, what is your favorite place to vacation? Oh, definitely the Caribbean. Any of the U.S. Virgin Islands. Girl, what is your favorite island? St. John. (gasps) Stacy St. John. It's St. John. I have my own island. No, I... Anybody want to go in on a property with me in St. John? I'll do it. Okay. Call Chris if you want a property in St. John. So I've actually never visited St. John. I've been to St. Croix, which I absolutely love. Love it. Love it. I have been to Tortola. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've been to St. Thomas, but I need to get to St. John. Yes. It's your namesake. They'll think that you own the island. And I'm going to say the same about you. Your namesake is Cash. (laughs) So there you go. I'll tell you what I used to be when I was in college, I was a bank teller and they used to call me Chris can't count the cash because (laughs) I'm not good. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Next question. What's one place you've never been that you would like to go? Oh, I was just talking to my husband about this. I have a cousin that recently moved to London and I'd love to go visit her in the spring. And then they often will take the train and go to Paris. And I want to do that. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Pretty amazing. You got to do it for sure. The one thing that really surprised me about London when we visited was the architecture. And it sounds silly because obviously it's an incredibly old city, but I didn't, I didn't expect the magnitude of the beauty of the architecture. It yeah, was and I love gorgeous. architecture. Mm-hmm. I love architecture. Okay. So fun. So I will volunteer to accompany you to London as well as St. John, just so you know. We can scout properties, call it a business right off. (laughs) There you go. Okay. Next question. What is one thing that you know now that you wished you knew when you were starting out in short-term rentals? Uh, um, Wow. That's a hard one. (laughs) I... I guess, you know, maybe at the very beginning, I didn't realize that there was such a community of people out there willing to help. You know, it took me a while to find y'all. And this, you know, your group had been tremendously helpful along with several others. And I'm always surprised how people will help if you just ask, you know, and I did a lot of it my own. And 
doing the next one, I probably will not do it all alone. I will ask for more help. Yeah. That's one of, uh, one of my favorite things about being in this space is for anybody listening, Chris is referencing the female short-term rental investor Facebook group, having that community of women who are a positive influence on each other and not only there to support and educate, but there to cheer each other on, I think is so important and so needed. And it's an incredible way to not only have a network of people around you who know what you're going through or, or are, have experienced the things that you have, but it's a great learning tool just yeah. to sit and read. Right. Because I was like, oh, okay, that can happen. I better prepare for that. You know, things that I didn't know at the beginning, you know, I didn't know anything about security cameras or noise monitors or, you know, all of the automated functions. I learned all of that through all of the community. Amazing. Okay. What's the best piece of advice you have ever been given? Oh, I mean, out, even outside of yeah, short term sure. rental. Mm -hmm. um, I guess don't be afraid of failure. You know, just always fail forward. No failure is a failure. You know, it's just a learning stepping stone to the next. And I, that is one fear I don't have. If I fail at something, so what? Move on to the next thing or improve. Everything is a learning opportunity. Even when those situations occur where, darn, I could have done that better, or I wish something different would have happened, it is absolutely a learning opportunity. So I think that's great advice. Okay. What is one thing and or person that you are grateful for today? Oh, well, I'll go back to, I am so grateful for my neighbor, Mark, at my property. <laughs> Mark, if you're, if you're listening. Oh, he doesn't even have a cell phone, y'all. He, he is not, he is not technology at all. But, you know, I bought our short-term rental at the height of the market. It was March. Um, so I'm pretty sure I overpaid for it. But I say, if I overpaid for it, it was worth it to get Mark because, <laughs> He takes, you know, he takes in my trash cans back and forth every week. He, you know, will run over there if I say, oh, you know, the last guest said my toilet seat is loose. Would you go over there and look at it? And he'll do that. Um, he's probably going to end up mowing my lawn next year. So, you know, it, I think it really helps to um, be kind. And where I'm at, they frown upon investors coming in. So he was pretty gruff with me at the beginning. I had to win him over and now I'm so grateful for him. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious when he was initially gruff and you did have to win him over, what did you do to accomplish that? Well, I remember distinctly, I went down to the end of my driveway and he walked by with his little beagle. And of course, I'm a huge dog lover. I, I'm on the board at the Humane Society here. So I love dogs more than people most days. So of course I gushed all over his dog, but still kind of no emotion. And um, he said, I've, I've lived in this neighborhood for 45 years. Um, I'm a little bit outside of town. So they're used to seeing rentals in South Haven City, 
but I'm kind of in the country township and they're not used to seeing short-term rentals as much out in the country. So when I said I was renting it out, he said, well, you know, we're not used to that around here and this is a quiet, you know, neighborhood. And, you know, and right away he said, if I hear a lot of noise, I'm calling the police. And I was like, oh, and I was like, oh, please, you know, do me a favor. Here's, you know, my number and call me first, you know, should you, but here's what I'm going to do to make sure that that doesn't happen. And I told them, you know, that I'm putting in the cameras and that I would monitor the noise level and I'm screening, you know, everybody that comes. And then he started to feel a little bit better. And I said, it's going to be a lot of, you know, families with kids. And, you know, he then kind of was like, oh, you know, okay, as long as it's, I think he has a soft spot for kids, you know, coming and and it just took a couple times, you know, of just talking to him that I was a real person and not some Illinois investor coming in to swoop up all their properties and how much I loved it there, how much I loved supporting the local business owners. So you have to come from, I think, a place of being a real human to the neighbors instead of just a big time investor, they think. Sure. I think that's really important advice because it can feel like someone is invading the neighborhood, if you will, you know, when a business technically opens up shop in, uh, in a home. But I love the fact that you built a relationship with him and you reassured him that you are equally as concerned about noise and security and the steps that you were taking in order to make sure that he was not impacted by your guests. Right. And so, I mean, knock on wood, so far, so good. I've had a couple of large, you know, my house sleeps 12. So I had a couple of large men groups that, because golfing is real big in the area. There's many area golf courses. So I had a lot of men golfing groups come in. And just by nature, I think men's voices are louder, you know, they travel more, you know, that kind of thing. And so I was worried about that, you know, and that, yeah, they got loud in my barn a couple of nights, but at least it's in the barn, you know, it's a little bit more contained. And I thought I would get a call from Mark about it. And he was just like, no, the guys were great. I went over there and to get the trash cans, chatted with them. Some of them are Michigan boys. You know, like he, he made friends with them. <laughs> great. That's yeah. awesome. Mark, Mark has proven to be um, a really strong asset and has made friends with your guests, which. Yes. And some of them have made comments about Mark in my reviews. They're like, oh, we met the neighbor, Mark. He was so nice. <laughs> like, Mark's in my reviews now. That is amazing. I love it. All right. Before we wrap up, Chris, I want to ask you, if someone were just starting out in the world of short-term rentals, what advice would you give to them? Um, well, do like I did and do a soak up any book, podcast, YouTube video, your course that you're launching, take as many educational things that you can. One of my, I don't know if you want to call it a pet peeve, but one of my mm, that I see a lot is people coming onto these groups and going, 
I, I want to buy a short-term rental. What should I do? You know, that is such a broad question that nobody could possibly answer that in a Facebook post. Sure. You know, and I almost take offense to it that all of us took, you know, I took two years of my life learning about this, you know, and so it's hard to share it in a sentence. So buy books. I bought several books, um, listened to podcasts every single day, took diligent notes. Then I started practicing. I would practice analyzing properties. You know, I'd pick out a market and pick out a house out of Zillow or whatever and start to analyze it to practice and practice. So it's not something I think you just jump into willy nilly and think somebody can answer a question like that. Sure. Sure. No, I mean, I couldn't agree more. This is a business and we have to treat this as a business or we're not going to be successful. Right. right. Yeah. And smart business owners act in a certain way. And so I think that's a great piece of advice to educate yourself. If you're just starting out, surround yourself with people who have been there, done that, and can be a conduit of information. And one of my biggest passions is being a continuous learner. Yeah. You know, I That's love okay. teaching people, but I love learning something each and every day myself. Me too. I mean, one, two, one was a helpful thing is I looked at the local meetup groups for real estate investors. Um, and I joined one that was closest to me. They have a lot of meetings via Zoom and then they have some in person. But I was shocked when I joined that meetup group that there was very few investors in that group that had short-term rentals. Mm -hmm. They were all long-term rental investors or commercial um, investors. And so they're looking at me now like, oh, who's this new girl doing vacation properties? Hmm. And so they're asking me questions now. And so some of those people in that meetup group might end up being clients of mine. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm also a member of my local real estate investors association, and I have found the most wonderful people to not only learn from, but partner with, you know, I've found private funding. I've found business partners there. It's a tremendous resource. So I also think that that's a really important aspect of my own success is building a network of people. And that network has, you know, also come from my local real estate investors association. Right. And then building relationships with realtors in other markets that like I used to realtor in Michigan because I'm not licensed in Michigan. And she was a short term rental owner herself. So I knew that she knew, you know, and I think it's important to find those connections around the United States or even abroad that are owners themselves and are familiar. So when you have a client that says, oh, I wanna buy in Florida or I wanna buy in Michigan, you have somebody, boom, immediately you can refer them to. Absolutely, absolutely. Chris, this has been so fun. Thank you so much for being here. I want to ask you if people want to learn more about you or get connected with you, where can they find you online? Um, well, I'm 
I have a business website, which is just chriscashhomes.com. Um, I also, my property has a website. It's dunewalkerretreat.com. Dune Walker being, I'm by sand dunes. Love it. And um, my email is Christina Cash, my full name at kw.com. I love it. Chris, thank you again. So appreciate you being here. And I can't wait to see what's next for you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited too. Okay, sister, are you ready to start making your short-term rental dreams a reality, but feeling lost, stuck, or just overwhelmed? Here's what I know for sure. You deserve everything you're dreaming of, and you deserve to get it with ease, support, and joy. So here's what I'd like you to do. Go to stacystjohn.com slash webinar and watch my free masterclass where you will get the scoop on how to leave your W-2 and start building your dream life with five simple steps. If you're ready to have more time to spend with friends and family doing the things you love, adding a ton of zeros to your bank balance, and start living your short-term rental dream, you need to watch this masterclass. Head over to stacystjohn.com slash strwebinar right now to start watching. That's stacystjohn.com slash strwebinar, and I will see you there.